Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service today begins with the service of the word on page 38 in the front of our hymnals. We're going to open right now with hymn number 232, Lord of my life whose tender care. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. It's 
taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are they who take refuge in Him. Our Old Testament reading for this 20th Sunday after Pentecost is from the book of Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and 2, verses 1 to 4, a reading which reminds us of the importance of faith, how faith in the promises of God saves us. The oracle that Habakkuk, the prophet, received, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright but the righteous will live by his faith. Alleluia. Jesus said to his heavenly Father, I will proclaim your name to my people. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Alleluia. chapter 17, verses 1 to 10, a reading in which Jesus talks about showing our faith. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom, through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you had a servant 
plowing or looking after the sheep? Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Let's continue now with our next hymn. Hymn number 427, We Are the Lord's. as night and day, 
I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed about of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And now the verses that we're especially looking at. God has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. This is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow children of our Heavenly Father, Newspapers today are getting so skimpy, so little news in them that I don't even know how much are in the classified sections in the paper at all, probably hardly nothing. And well, you know, years ago they had these help wanted ads. I don't even know if they have them today. And I look at the paper regularly, but I don't really see that part. But Years ago, you'd see help wanted ads. And when you looked at those ads, maybe you'd be a little bit surprised to notice how many jobs there were offered that said little or no experience was required. Now, of course, when you think about those jobs, when it says little or no experience is required, those jobs were the jobs that paid minimum wage, probably had no benefits, no insurance, things like that. If you really wanted to have a decent job, what you did have to do is have a, an education and have some experience. Oh, perhaps you 
would have seen an ad that was for, say, a, a store manager. And the ad said, if it said five years of experience is required, and, and it even said something like, and if you don't have that much experience, it's not worthwhile for you to even apply for this job. And now it's because of this fact, because of how jobs so often require the education and the experience. That's why there's even college graduates out there who are have who have had difficult times getting jobs. Today, well, there seem to be a whole lot more jobs out there. But it used to be the case that in order to get a job, you had to have that education, the experience, and maybe you needed to have someone who could pull some strings for you. You needed to know someone in order to be able to get a job. Well, in our reading for today, the Apostle Paul tells us how strings were pulled for us as believing children of God when God called us to be his people. See now, when you get right down to it, when God called us, we had no experience, we had no education, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. And yet what is true is that God called us to be his people. Before we were called to faith, no qualifications, nothing like that. No experience, no qualifications that God could look at and say that because of these things in us, he wanted us. However, Paul tells us here, God saved us and called us to be to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Because God is gracious, God called us to be his people. But what does that mean for us? According to Paul, it means that God saved us. God appointed us to be his witnesses. He guards us and he wants us to be faithful as his people. Oh, there was a famous 19th century preacher who once said, it's good that man cannot save himself. For if he could work his way to heaven, you'd never hear the last of it. We've all heard people who go on and on boasting of their accomplishments. That sort of talk makes me sick. And I'm glad that through all eternity in heaven, we'll never hear anyone bragging of how he worked his way to get there. How those preachers' words are and how blessed we are to know that what that preacher says is true. That we can't boast, no one can boast about working his way to heaven. We can't stand before God and boast of our accomplishments because, well, we can't save ourselves. Without God in our lives, we couldn't do a thing even close to pleasing him. Scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, it's only by God's grace that we're saved. Paul told the Ephesian Christians, by grace are you saved through faith and this not from yourselves. 
It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. God gave us his grace and love when we were in no way worthy of it. God sent his son to live and to die and to rise from the dead to pay for our sins and to keep God's law perfectly, which, which we couldn't do. And he sends the Holy Spirit working through the gospel to, to call us to faith, to make us children of God. Paul said, this grace was given us before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Even before God created the world, he knew that Adam and Eve would sin. He knew that they would break his law, that they would eat the fruit from that tree. Well, God knew they would sin. God knew that we would sin. And he knew all of that. And because of that, even before he created the world, even before Adam and Eve were formed, God devised a plan for the salvation of souls, a plan of sending Jesus to be the Savior, to win for us the forgiveness of sins and our eternal life. Perhaps we could think of what God did for us with this example. Imagine going to someone's home for a, for a barbecued rib dinner. I don't know about you, but that's a dinner that I really love. It's a great dinner, but it usually is a messy dinner, especially if the ribs are dripping in barbecue sauce and it's a messy dinner if you really want to try to get all of the meat off of the bones. So even the person with the best manners, the best dining habits, it's going to be a messy thing. And that means that that person is going to need napkins to clean up the mess, to wipe his mouth and his hands, again, especially if he's trying to get all the meat off of the bones. And therefore, what a good host is going to do is he's going to have a good supply of napkins on hand even before the meal begins. Well, when God invites us, when God gives us life, it's as if he's inviting us to a barbecued rib dinner, we could say. And because he's a good host, he knows that we're going to make a mess. And because of that, he has plenty of napkins available even before we sit down. Now, the, the messes that we make as far as God's barbecue dinner, our life here on this earth, that's the sins of thought, word, and deed that we daily commit against our God. The napkins that God provides, well, that's his grace and love and the forgiveness of our sins. And isn't it wonderful for us to know that even before we sin, even before we sin, even before we make that mess, we have God's grace and love and the forgiveness that washes our sins away.
Paul said, and of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. God chose Paul to be a witness for the gospel. And it's important for us to realize that like Paul, we also have been appointed by God to be his witnesses out into the world with the gospel message. When we're told that we're supposed to be Christ's witnesses, though, eh, we could be tempted to say, well, who am I to be one of Christ's witnesses? I'm no one special. How do I know what I'm supposed to say? Well, if we feel that way, if we have questions, if we're tempted to doubt our abilities there, well, then think of the Apostle Paul. He considered himself to be the worst of sinners. And look at what God was able to do through him. He reached so many people as he went on his missionary journeys and went all over preaching and teaching the word of God. And here Paul is someone who looked at himself, said he's the worst of sinners, but God gave him what to say. God gave him what to say. And now when we think of ourselves, well, like Paul, we'd have to say we're the worst of sinners. We'd surely would not want to think of ourselves as being better than he is, but join him in saying, I am the worst of sinners. And, and if we think about what God could do through Paul, well, God can do some amazing things through you and through me as well. Because Paul talked about his Savior, he faced some hard times in this life. He was arrested, imprisoned, beaten, left for dead, but that didn't stop him. He said, yet I am not ashamed. That is, he didn't give up on Christ. I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. Through faith, what Paul knew is that he was, he was telling people about the Savior of the world. He knew that through his words, the Holy Spirit was working through that word that he proclaimed to reach out to sinners who didn't yet know Christ. And Paul's desire, it was a desire like that of God, of course, but his desire was that no one would have to endure an eternity without God, and his desire that no one would, be, would have to endure an eternity without God, that motivated him to go on out and preach the gospel to whomever he could, despite the persecution that he ended up facing. And may God help us so that we're always more like Paul, always with that great desire motivated by a love for souls, saying, I don't want anyone to have to suffer eternal punishment. And may that motivate us, like Paul, to go on out and share the gospel, be Christ's witnesses. Well, Paul, he did have a difficult road to travel because he preached the gospel. He, he said, Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him.
for that day. Paul and all of us who by the grace of God believe in Jesus, what we've done is we've entrusted to God our eternal souls. Since he's made us his believing children, we've entrusted to him our eternal souls and we look alone to Jesus for our salvation. We aren't trying to earn our way to heaven. We aren't trying to be to get there by attempting to be better than other people. Our entire faith, it's in Jesus. It's totally based in Jesus. Our eternal future, it's totally in his hands. But now, does thinking about having our entire eternal future being in the hands of our Savior, does that maybe bother us? Does that maybe get us to be concerned and say, well, is it good for me to have all of my eggs in one basket? It need not bother us at all, of course, because in Christ's hands, we're safe and secure. We're safe and secure through faith. Paul was absolutely convinced no matter what went on in his life. And, and again, think about it. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He, he went through so many hardships and yet he was convinced that God would guard and protect his eternal soul until the time that God would take him home to heaven where he would be safe and secure forever. And through faith, we can have that same confidence that God will guard and protect us and watch over us and keep us safe throughout this life. And we can take Jesus at his word when he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Paul told Timothy, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. The good deposit that was entrusted to Timothy, well, to us and to all believers, that's the faith that the Holy Spirit has worked in our hearts. We're guarding that good deposit when, when with the Holy Spirit's help, we, we strive to be faithful to our God, we strive to follow his will. Now, God does want us to be faithful, but as long as we're this side of heaven, of course, we're, we are and we'll remain the sinners that we are until we're with the Lord forever in heaven. We can't keep God's law perfectly in this lifetime, so what we're going to want to keep on doing is praying to the Holy Spirit to keep on strengthening our faith so that we can do a better job of guarding that good deposit that was entrusted to us. Paul told Timothy, and us also, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Paul was telling Timothy, and us as well, to be faithful to the words that God inspired Paul to write to Timothy and to all of Scripture we too will want to be 
faithful to the scriptures, to all of it. So we regularly need to search and study those scriptures so that we know what it says and therefore with God's help can work at being faithful to it. As Christians, we will want to keep asking ourselves, am I living the life that Christ would want me to live? Am I doing the things that Christ would want me to do? And it'd be great if we could just say yes, but when we answer no, because we still do sin, when we answer no, what we'll want to do is ask again God for his help so that we can fight against the sin that's in our lives. So we're guarding that good deposit, the faith that God has entrusted to us. An English skipper's son had been confirmed on Palm Sunday morning. And that evening, sitting in the ship's cabin, the, the son and the father, well, the father, he wanted to, he was anxious to want to, to deepen some certain confirmation convictions in the heart and life of that young boy. So what he did is he said to his son, light this candle, go out on the deck of their boat, and return with the candle burning. The son said, but father, if I go on the deck, the wind will surely blow it out. And the father just said, go do it. Well, the son went out on the deck and walking around, maneuvering with the candle, being careful to try to shield it, doing all sorts of work, trying to keep the, the candle lit. Well, finally he returned to the cabin, returned the candle to his father, who said, Son, even so it is with life. You were confirmed today. Your first faith is still small and frail. And you are getting into a big, tempting world that will surely sniff out the flame of your faith unless you properly shield it. You know, we also need that father's advice. As that son worked, probably very, very hard to keep that candle burning, so may we also work well, not to try to earn our way to heaven, of course, but to be faithful to our God. To be faithful to our God. Let's remember, God has called us to be his people. And he's done all the real work to save us. Oh, and think of what he did, giving us Jesus. Jesus, who died on the cross and paid for our sins. Giving us the Holy Spirit to make us believing children of God and to keep us in, in the faith and build us up in the faith. Now, God did all the work and he called us people who had no experience, no qualifications, only because of his grace and love and mercy have you and I been called to be his children, his people. So let's make the most 
of the opportunity. May God help us to be his faithful people, looking to God for his help and strength to fight against sin, to live as God's believing children, to grow as his believing children, and to share the wonderful faith that we've been given. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, in your bountiful goodness, keep us safe from every evil of body and soul. Make us ready with cheerful hearts to do whatever pleases you. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, oh, prayers requested by Gordon Waldron, whose mother was called to her eternal home. That was a, a, a week ago on Saturday. We pray, Lord God, we thank you for the grace and mercy and love that you gave to Gordon's mom in her earthly life, making her one of your believing children. And now we're so thankful for what she has, and we ask you to please now comfort her loved ones with the hope of a blessed reunion in heaven, which of course is through faith in Jesus our Savior. And we keep on praying for all of those in our church family who are dealing with different problems and troubles. Keep on giving to all of us in our good times, in our bad times, in our struggles. Keep on giving us your grace and love. According to your will, grant healing, but especially keep on giving us your grace and love. That's what we need more than anything. And we know we have it in Jesus, our Savior, in whose name we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements to share with you. Oh, the only birthday or anniversary that I'm aware of right now in the congregation is Lisa Janicki. Her birthday is on this Wednesday. Oh, please, like I said, remember Gordon Waldron family with the loss of their, with the loss of his mom. Of course, rejoicing in what she has now. Please also keep on remembering my dad in your prayers as, well, seems to be getting weaker, but his mind is getting better after the COVID fog, and that's a good thing, but, but he has gotten quite weak now lately. We'll see what the Lord has in store for him. Continue to keep Paula in your prayers as she continues to deal with the, the infection in her legs. And we'll continue to remember Stan Krosick in your prayers, continues to deal with his shingles and, and other issues. Please keep everyone in our church family in your prayers. Uh, thank you again for worshiping with me. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen. <laughs>